0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: So, just wanted to go through a quick class, just in case we don't remember or know. Coming up in a couple weeks, next weekend actually, next week in about a week, is a holiday that a lot of people celebrate, and a lot of people look at that day and they obviously know that it's a wicked, evil holiday, and and they. But they don't deal with it as such So we'll look and we'll talk about this day And find out if we're supposed to be celebrating it or not So starting off in the book of Proverbs Chapter 22 verse 6
2: Alright Proverbs 22 and 6 Train up a child in the way he should go And
1: when he is old He will not depart from it So the Bible says Train up a child In the way he should go And when he is old, he will not depart from it. So when we look at training up a child according to the law, statutes, and commandments of this Bible, it's letting you know that when we're training them up in that manner, we're giving them the right things that they need to grow, the right things that they need to learn. And we're talking about what kind of growth and what kind of learning, Baja.
2: Spiritual growth primarily.
1: Right. And so when he comes of age, if he's a sincere person, a sincere man, or a sincere woman, when they come of age, they're going to continue walking according to the law, statutes, and commandments of the Bible. They have a choice, too. So even as much as we teach them, as much as we guide children according to the commandments, in the end, they're going to have to make their own choice. But we will have done our due diligence, our duty as parents to make sure that we train them up According to the scriptures and if they be of the Lord and they want to serve the most high in Christ They're going to continue to walk according to the law statutes and commandments and they're going to receive their salvation So now let's read it again
2: Says, train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it
1: But now in this present time What do people train their children up in? They train them up in some things that are foolish, right? They train them up in the Easter Bunny And they tell them foolishness like Easter bunnies lay eggs. Uh When bunnies don't lay eggs. They train them up in different things like um, Christmas. Uh And tell them that Santa Claus is coming and bringing gifts down a chimney when half of us don't even have chimneys. Uh And what else are they doing with that? As they even doing that, what are they doing? They got kids setting out plates of cookies and milk in the in the projects. Oh, that's old school. They still do that. They might still do that. Well, it was a story <laughs> not too long ago where they set out cookies and milk, and the roaches was all over the cookies in the morning. So you're doing all these different things, and you're training up your children in so many words in lies. You telling them about the Tooth Fairy and all these things that don't exist, and then the one that we're dealing with now is you have the children going out trick-or-treating. And you telling them to go out on this night that's really dedicated to Satan and to go out and get you a trick or a treat. Uh-huh. And so when it says train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old he will not depart from it, you're raising your children in what? Lies. You're raising your children in falsehoods. You're raising your children in things that are not unrighteous. And then when they grow up, they don't depart from it unless the Lord shows them some other way to actually grow and and learn and love. And grow and learn according to the law, statutes and commandments of the Bible. So going from Proverbs 22 and 6, go to Jeremiah chapter 10. And I know you're probably going to go into a little bit of the history of what they're actually celebrating. We're going to Jeremiah chapter 10, verse 1.
2: Alright. Jeremiah 10 and 1. Hear ye the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Israel. Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen.
1: Stop, bro. So we just read, train up a child in the way that he should go, right? Mm-hmm. And now we get to Jeremiah chapter 10 and the instructions are, learn not the way of the heathen. So if the scriptures are telling us to learn not the way of the heathen, and Proverbs 22 is telling us to train up a child in the way he should go, another word for train is to what? Oh,
0: God.
1: A very simple word. What do you go to, what do you, you go to school and they? You teach them. Right. So train up a child in the way they should go means teach the children in the way that they should go, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have a proper teacher, then you learn what they're teaching you, correct? And so what are we reading right here in verse 2 of Jeremiah chapter 10?
2: Where it says, thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen."
1: So no one is supposed to be teaching our children, especially us, the ways of the heathen, the ways of the devil, the ways of Satan. And that's what we're dealing with when we deal with days like what? Halloween. Mm -hmm. We're going into the days of Satan because what's some of the history on that real quick, bro? Um,
2: Halloween, basically, it goes back. I think it's like he's a Gaelic or Celtic uh, um, pagan, um, has pagan origins in a sense. Mm-hmm. And it's really one of the, um, I guess you could say holidays that they celebrate, because uh, um is one, it's, it's not it's spelled S-A-M-H-A-I-N, some people say Samhain, but it's actually Samhain. But um, Samhain is one, actually what we know as Christmas is another, uh, what we know as Thanksgiving is a harvest festival is another, what we know as uh, New Year's mm-hmm. is another, so all of these different pagan holidays, they're on the calendar just like... You know what we know as the high holy days in the scriptures are, but theirs is to honor their gods and their traditions and things of that nature. When the Most High gave us the commandments in the Bible and His high holy days to celebrate,
1: right. And what were they? They were dealing with witchcraft. Mm-hmm. One of the dudes, the what's his name, Aleister Crowley, was talking about how he's happy that Christians allow their children to celebrate the devil at least once a year. Mm -hmm. And what is he talking about when he's talking about that? He's talking about Halloween. But they've turned it in such a thing that people think, oh, it's just fun. It's just for the kids. No, it's not. The scriptures already showed us what? Train up a child in the way that he should go. So if we're training our children up in days that worship the devil, when they get older, what is it? It's no big deal. And that's why you see people out there now, kids are out there now talking about these they worship the devil. And, and when I say they're talking about it, I'm not just saying this, oh, this is what they're saying. I'm talking about actually talking to children, and they're telling me, I'm tired of this. I worship the devil now. I love the devil. And I wish that things could just be over. Those are the types of things that these kids are saying now because we've trained them up in ways. And when I say we, those that are not dealing with the commandments, dealing with lies and everything. You're training them up. You're showing them different things. And when they get older, they're so close to it, it's not such a far stretch because they've been learning it all their lives. So then what do they go to? They go to the devil because that's what they know. Uh-huh. So what were you going to say?
2: No, I was just looking at something because, I mean, there's, there's like a very rich history behind this, hol- what we know is Halloween. Um I'm familiar with some of it, but not a lot, but it was like how I think it was uh, one of the popes. I think Pope Gregory the fourth or something, uh, the Catholic church, the Roman Catholic church had something called like all saints day that was originally held like uh, May 13th or something like that. And then, um, at some point, you know, during time it was switched over to November 1st and over time, and I'm just giving a very, very cursory loose history. But over time, between All Saints Day and All Hallows' Eve merged to be what we know, know today as Halloween. So it's it's a lot of things that go into it besides just, you know, what we know
1: as far as the trick-or-treat and the, all of the candy and things of that nature. And, and, and that date and that time is important because it's not just here in the U.S. and other parts of the world where they celebrate it, mm-hmm. because what happens? You also... In Mexico, it's really big, November 1st, the what? The Day of the Dead. And they go so far to bake cookies and skeletons of the dead and go Mm -hmm. visit their dead ones in the graveyard because of that belief that that's the time that you can go back and deal with spirits and that that veil between this world and the world of the dead is a thinner veil. And that's what they're celebrating. Mm-hmm. Not only that, that's when these children go missing because there's so many satanic sacrifices and rituals that occur on those nights that your children are getting snatched up, killed, murdered in the fake in the namesake of what? Oh, we're having fun is Halloween.
2: Oh, and not to mention, um, even just like say another, you know, uh, I guess pagan religion in the sense yeah, Wicca and uh Saween is actually, I think, one of the the great one of the, they have four great Sabbaths.
0: Mm-hmm. and
2: this is actually the greatest one. And this is, basically the whole thing goes into the veil between the living and the dead. This is when it's that it's finished uh, in a sense, and I'm I'm really chopping this thing up, but it, it's a lot easier according to their religion and their philosophy and their beliefs to communicate with those that have passed on from this life. So, it like I said, depending on which culture. Uh, which philosophy or which belief system you're talking, you know, speaking of, you see a lot of similarities or a lot of parallels as far as the tenets that uh, go along with the day, some of the traditions, some of the rites and things that go along with it. Um, you know, even like the burning of the bonfires, you see that I think maybe in Scotland or Ireland. So it's, it's a lot of different things that it really goes into. And it's a lot, like I said, it's a lot deeper than just dressing up as a power ranger. And going knocking door to door or walking through the mall, you know, hollering trick-or-treat. That's right. So read 2 again. Verse 2. We're still in Jeremiah 10 and 2. It says, Thus saith the Lord, learn not the way of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the heathen are dismayed at them.
1: So we're not supposed to be getting up, caught up in what the heathen are teaching. And all of these holidays, and let's just be clear, Because we're right at the beginning of the season, so we might as well start talking about all the stuff they got coming up. We got Halloween, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's Day, New Year's Eve, All Saints Day. All of those days that they're celebrating, the Day of the Dead, all of them are wrapped up into what? Witchcraft or sun worship? Every last one. So when the Most High says, guess what, we're not to learn the ways of the heathen, we're not to learn the ways of the heathen. And how do you know? You look at these things that they're setting up, you look where they come from, you look at their origins, and you find out that they're all pagan in nature. So the Most High is telling us not to deal with those things, and we're not going to go All into the history of those things. There's plenty of shows on Blog Talk that we've done. Mm -hmm. There's some YouTube videos about it. We have different videos where the history has gone through. Darkness to Light has done an excellent job of explaining it. But what we're really going into today is how we're not supposed to be putting our kids into that. How we're not supposed to be training our kids up. In lies, training our kids up in witchcraft Training our kids up in evil So that they go out and learn to worship the devil From a young age When that's what's happening When you promote Halloween And you promote all of these wicked holidays You're teaching children to worship the devil But what are you doing also? Why do kids love Halloween? Because of the candy w- Why? Candy Go to Ecclesiastes 7 and 7 you better believe it because of the candy. When I was a kid, before I knew better, and you know, we were raised up in some of these same things that are foolish too. We learned about trick or treat because we wanted the candy. And we would come home with goo goo ga bags of candy. Mm-hmm. But what would happen too? As time went on, like in the beginning, I don't remember this, but as time went on, you went out trick or treating. Before you could eat any of it, what would your parents have to do? They'd have to check it for
2: uh, needles, razor blades. Um... Oh gosh, because at some point you had people that were taking syringes and injecting poison into some of the candy and stuff like that. But um, but the other part, the adults enjoy Halloween too because you get to dress up and play uh, trick or freak.
1: <laughs> That's right.
2: It's like it's a Halloween party, and it's just an excuse to go out and and you know be a uh, freakish, if you will, without um without recourse in a sense because it was a party.
1: So go to go to Ecclesiastes mm-hmm. seven and seven. All right, Ecclesiastes seven
2: and seven says, "Surely oppression maketh the wise man mad, and a gift
1: destroys the heart." So right for that second precept right there is what we're going to. How do, how did this world make it so that the kids, even some of the ones that know better, love or want to participate or be jealous or to cause them to lust after Halloween? How?
2: Because of the things the, some of the, I guess mean, basically some of the traditions that have become associated with the holiday, in this case, the giving of candy or giving away a free candy. All you got to do is go ask a trick or treat and you get the candy in your bag and you go to the next house and you go to the next house. Or you know the young children that can't go out from house to house Like they used to back in the day They'll take them to the mall And you have some of the stores that participate And they'll hand out candy during the, uh, on October 31st as well
1: Yeah, and not only that They're doing all kinds of stuff now Now they're doing trunk-or-treat To make it safer So you go to a certain place And everybody just put the candy in their trunk And you walk around from trunk to trunk You're doing the churches You're going to churches doing the same thing the churches are sponsoring different um, events. events for the and and calling it alternative to Halloween. All of it is wicked. We're not supposed to be teaching our children or showing our children to do those type of things. So what it says, oh, uh, what?
2: That's funny because when Christ told us that we were going to be hated for His name's sake and things of that nature. And it talks about, you know, trimming our ways to seek love. It's like, listen, why are we sitting here so worried about trying to make our children feel included in the wickedness when the Lord said we were supposed to separate from it? So it's not a matter of, okay, you know what? I'm going to be different or feel different because, you know, the rest of the kids are going out trick-or-treating, but I'm sitting here, um, you know, all by myself. I ain't getting no candy. I ain't getting those, I'm ain't i not able to trick-or-treat, so now to make the children feel less bad about not being able to do what everybody else is doing, we're going to offer an alternative. It's like, listen, no, we're not dealing with that. We have, this is what the scriptures say, these are the things that the Lord gave us, and this is why we're not participating in those things. The Lord said that he separated us from those things.
1: But what do they want us to do? They want us to learn the way of the heathen. They want us to be involved in that. They want us to take up part of that. They want us to celebrate Halloween with everyone else. And what else? It's not only just the candy, because that's one part. But then they, what, put in the whole costume thing, too, so they made it fun. So... When the kids see it, they look at it like, look at all this fun. They get costumes, but none of us are getting costumes. Man, what? what, Oh, man, we can't do this. What's wrong with it? But it is wicked. It is evil. So let's go to 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22, and let's talk about what happened. Because, yeah, now you're getting Spider-Man costumes. Kids are getting Spider-Man and... What I don't know What all is power, um, not power Power man. Rangers Not Power Man Power man. Rangers Not anymore yeah, They dressing up As man. little Transformers Yeah What do they dress up as um, Dr. Doolittle I don't know Whatever they dressing up as Those things that It's not I mean Whatever the kids What are some of the things The kids like Yeah What's the black Disney characters? Wonder Woman Doc McStuffins.
0: Superman.
1: Superman, that's the stuff that they... So you see kids running around dressed up and all that stuff. You see them getting candy and then they're like, man, this is fun and why can't we do that? But is that the origin of what they were doing? No. No. What were the origins? When you go back to our days, before they got into all this super commercial aspect of Halloween, what were the kids dressing as? Actual demons. They were dressing up as witches, goblins, Jason, oh, yeah. uh, Freddy, anything that was horrible, wicked, evil, um, anything that had that demonic type spirit, it was supposed to be a very scary holiday. Pinhead. That's why on that time of the year, what else is big besides just having the candy and the costumes? Is another thing that go, booms at that time of the year. What's the other business?
3: Oh, God.
1: Huh? No, we got the day of the dead. We talking about another business that's booming at this time of the year. Oh God! Um, Come on, man! If you you were a kid, you will remember haunted houses.
0: houses.
1: Everybody was dealing with haunted. This is when the haunted houses would come up, and you would go and try to find the scariest haunted house. You would decorate your house as a haunted house because all of it is what is the haunted house dealing with? Demons, ghosts, ghosts, spirits, witches, and things of that nature. So before it got commercialized, remember what we were dealing with. So go to 1 Thessalonians, Mm -hmm. you got it, 5 and 22.
2: Alright, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 22. It says, abstain from all appearance of evil. What, what, What does that mean? Well, when you look at abstain, how they use it in abstinence, that means you don't deal with it. Like when they say abstinence, as far as uh, pertaining to uh, sexual intercourse, that means that you don't do it. So when it says abstaining from all appearance from of evil, that means that those things that pertain to it, we don't we don't uh, intermingle ourselves with it, we don't participate in it.
1: So when we talk about abstain from all appearances of evil. Are we supposed to be dressing up as witches, goblins, heathen, anything that's wicked? Are we supposed to be doing that? No. What are the adults doing? Because it's also, you said it You said it earlier about the freaks. What do adults do on these type of days?
2: Oh, yeah. You go to the Halloween parties, and it's like just an excuse to catch somebody in the back room or in the corner and get your freak on, and you go on about your business.
1: But what do the adults dress up as? Because I see it all the time on Facebook. Halloween parties come out. You see a bunch of what women dressed as what prostitutes. Sometimes the so-called sexy well, cops. Yeah, they do that on some what?
2: of them do that all the time. <laughs> so well, they only need Halloween as an
1: excuse. You, know, you can't slut shame either. Well, slut shaming. Sorry. So all of that is going back into things that are very contrary to what the scriptures say from the beginning. Mm. That whole thing. So let's go into some of the scriptures that the Most High said was evil because we talked about. What I was explaining was evil, but let's see what the Most High calls evil in the scriptures. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 18 and verse 10. Deuteronomy 18
2: and 10. Thou shalt not, excuse me, thou shalt do according to the sentence. You're not in 17. Yep. Okay, here we go. 18 and 10. So,
1: Deuteronomy
2: 18, verse 10. There shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter to pass through the fire, or that uses divination or an observer of times,
1: or an enchanter, or a witch. So, when we go back to this verse here, and it's a lot here, there shall not be found among you anyone that maketh his son or his daughter pass through the fire. So, what is that dealing with?
2: Basically, that that was going into some of the rites and things of how people were sacrificing their children to uh, Molech. And depending on, again, which era, which uh, nation, which philosophy, which religion. Molech has many different names, just like the god Baal. They all had many different names, whether it was talking about Nimrod, whether you're talking about uh, Mithra, whether you're talking about uh, either Isis or Horus. I forgot, but there is a parallel. Every god that the nations have, there are parallels, whether you're talking about Zeus or whatever. But here, uh, when we were amongst the nations at this time, one of the uh, traditions or rites that they had to honor their gods was to make their children pass through the fire. That didn't mean they just jumped through the fire. They were actually putting the kids to death and cooking them and stuff.
1: So it, it happens at this time too. Mm-hmm. So in these days, the people that are still worshiping Satan, like they worship Malek, which is Satan by another name, mm-hmm. when they were worshiping them, they were sacrificing their children to them. In this day and time, they're still sacrificing their children to devils. That's why children go missing on Halloween. That's why you find it now. What's going on? These big pedophile rings being busted. Mm-hmm. When they had the earthquake in Haiti, people was over there trying to steal children out of the country. All of this is going on now in this day And people look at this stuff and they think Oh, you know that was back then In the old times That was old years ago Ancient years ago They were sacrificing children They're sacrificing children In this current day right now They just had a big bust They don't show this stuff on the major news Where they went in and rescued 80 something children 80 something children And one as young as three months old. What do you think they were doing with those children? They were either sexing them, which is part of their wicked, evil rituals too. Because that's how they do their blood magic and their evil magic, by taking the innocence of a child. Or they were killing them. That's the things that they do, and that's what these devil worshipers are doing, and that's what some of you ignorantly are involving yourself in in the beginning levels of all of it when you're dealing with these things. A lot of you are participating in stuff, you don't even know what it is.
2: I'm glad you said the beginning levels because me dressing up as Iron Man on October 31st is so far removed from some old dude in a basement In a secret chamber drinking the blood of a newborn or something.
1: But you have to know that this is where it comes from. You have to know that this is where it is. And you have to know that as a follower of Christ, we should not be participating in any of this. And as you heard us from the beginning, you heard that we were part of this too. As children, we used to do it. We used to celebrate it. We didn't know what we were doing. But now that we are repenting, we don't do it. We teach others not to, and we surely are not teaching our children to do the same thing.
2: Oh, this is funny because it talks about the past few of fire that uses divination. And, we, you know, we can't really skip over some of this stuff because when you're talking about divination, you know, an example of that is like a what they call a Ouija board. I mean, they got this stuff. I think it was a Hasbro or um, Parker Brothers or somebody. Right. Um, those things are kids' toys now. You know, or how people used to... Um, you know, when you got divination, observer of times, an example of that is like the, uh, not the, um, not astronomy, astronomy, astrology. So let's be very clear. Astronomy, basically the study of the stars and the constellations, that's one thing. That's the science in and of itself. Okay, the positions of the constellations. But when you're talking about astrology, where now I'm going into saying, well, we're in the age of Aquarius And this is November in 2016, so according to this chart and alignment of the stars, I'm supposed to marry a Scorpio uh, who was born between this year and that year, and we're going to be highly compatible and just going into a whole bunch of madness and allowing those things to govern our day-to-day lives and our choices rather than the scriptures. Or, you know, an enchanter. You know, where you got people, I mean, this is a real wicked example, but you got uh, basically... um, what is it? You got uh, females that would put their issue in, in food and give it to the guy to eat to make him fall in love with him and things of that nature. Uh, just a straight up witch. Okay, I'm just sitting here going, okay, I feel there's evil spirits in my house. Let me get some sage and burn the sage. I got to sage the house. And all of these different things, not understanding that by involving ourselves in those things, thinking that we're going to seek some type of protection, that by practicing those things, we're actually opening ourselves up further to those attacks. Because when you read through the scriptures, we pray to the Most High for our defense. We didn't have to depend on all these different trinkets. And, it, and it's funny because even like in some of the old scary movies, like The Exorcist or something, they make you think that the, the, the Bible itself is like a talisman to ward off evil. You walk in the room, the dude's got a whole room plastered up with pages from the Bible like that's going to protect him from the demons. When the Most I said that when we keep his commandments that he and Christ are going to make their abode with us. Mm. That's
1: what protects us from the demons. That's us. Um, so, it, and you know the enchanted the hypnotist and all these they're hypnotizing you and bringing out memories and controlling you mm-hmm. and having you move about. These are all things that the most high said was wicked. Did you want to read on in
2: eleven and twelve? Oh we not oh yeah, we're going to fifteen. Oh, okay. So verse eleven, we still in Deuteronomy eighteen and verse eleven says, Or a charmer, or consulted with familiar spirits, or a wizard, or a necromancer.
1: So you're going into all these wicked things. So a charmer could be like a hypnotist as well. Mm-hmm. And these, they're very fine lines between these different things, but they're all dealing all right. with wickedness and evil. A consultant with what? Familiar spirits. So this is someone that deals with a demon or a spirit, like they were saying that at this time, if the veil between the worlds is different and you can go and deal with your evil spirits, that's what they're trying to deal with. Those so familiar spirits or a wizard, which is a male, a male witch, or a necromancer. And when you break down that word necromancer, it's a what? Lover of the dead. So this is someone that's dealing with dead spirits, consulting with them. This type that you see, even in the churches, so you understand, when they get those people standing up in the church and say, Oh, I spoke to your Aunt Betsy. Aunt Betsy has a, me- a message for you. No There's $5 hidden in a drawer in your closet. Oh, my and- gosh,
0: it is $5 in my closet.
1: And now you loving this, you going after this person because they're demon. They're demons.
2: And, and truthfully speaking, yes, there are people that can do that. This isn't some make-believe stuff. There are people out there that can actually do these things.
1: So you know how you know there's actually people out here that can do these things? How's that? Because the Most High says, there shall not be found among you anyone that does these these things. Mm -hmm. So you know that there are people that are actually doing this, but by whose power? By Satan. By Satan. But then on Halloween, what were you dressing your kids up as? Necromancers? Charmers? Consulted with familiar spirits, wizards, and witches. The Most High is saying we're not supposed to deal with that.
2: Verse 12 It says, For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. Mm. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God doth drive them out from before thee.
1: So, for all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. What does that mean? What is an abomination?
2: It's a, a hateful and, and a despised and a detestable thing.
1: The Most High hates that. So He hates wizards. He hates witches. He hates those dealing with familiar spirits. He hates charmers. He hates men and women that would sacrifice their own children. And if we're serving the Lord, we're not to be like them, we're not to follow that path, we're not to train up our children to be like the devil. They're not supposed to learn the way of the heathen. We're supposed to be training our children to serve the most high in Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. So for all that that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. They are very hated, detestable thing. Go ahead. And, Read and, tw- 12 again.
2: And, and again, like I said, there are people that can do those things, but just because they can do those things doesn't mean that we're supposed to follow them.
1: Right, just because the devil tells you the truth, don't mean that the devil is 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 doing it for your benefit and trying to help you. Sometimes the devil will tell you the truth just to gain a follower and then deceive you the rest of the way.
2: Well, there was deception in that because even when you look at how it went down in the garden, where he was dealing with Eve, and you say, "Listen, you ain't gonna die," right? And her and, and her and Adam and Eve's own fleshly mind at the time is like, "Okay." We partake of this thing. I didn't drop
1: dead. Okay, so he must have tro- told the truth. But well, what happened uh, to them? Yeah. They died spiritually. Absolutely. They did die. <laughs> Eventually oh, they, they died. There,
0: like right.
2: Yeah. Died. So the, the repercussions and the judgments for breaking the Heavenly Father's commandments may not necessarily be apparent and may not come right away. But the point is, is that they will come when we deal with those things, which is why the most I was like, listen. I'm not allowing you to deal with those things. You deal with what I gave you. Well, what about them? He said, listen, that's, that's them. I'm not dealing with them. I'm dealing with you. And these are my instructions for you. So verse 12 again. For all that do these things are an abomination unto the Lord. And because of these abominations, the Lord thy God does drive them out from before thee.
1: So the nations that were dwelling in the land of of, of Israel which was also called what? The land of Canaan. Before we moved into that land, they were driven out of that land. They were pushed out of that land because of the abominations and the wickedness and the evil that they were doing. Verse 13.
2: 13. Thou shalt be perfect with the Lord thy God.
1: Mm. Go ahead.
2: For these nations which thou shalt possess hearken unto observers of times and unto diviners, but as for thee, the Lord thy God has not suffered thee so to do.
1: So now, on the flip side, not even on the flip side, still going with that same point, for the nations that were that possessed the land before, they observed, they listened to observers of times, mm-hmm. they listened to people that were diviners. That was their whole setup. That was the whole thing that they worship. When you talk about. The wise men of the Chaldeans, like in, the ba- in, the, in Babylon, what were those wise men? They were witches. Mm-hmm. They were enchanters. They dealt with familiar spirits. They were dealing with witchcraft, and that's where they got their understanding from. But as servants of the Lord, who are we supposed to deal with? It tells you even right where we are. Continue on. Read verse 15. 15.
2: The Lord thy God will raise unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee, of thy brethren, like unto me. Because this is Moses
1: speaking. He says, unto him shall ye hearken. Oh, man. So wait a minute. In the same, we're reading down the line where the Lord is telling us who not to listen to, observers of time, witches, wizards, so forth. And then he flips it and says, but guess who you shall listen to? Who is it that we shall listen to? Verse 15 again.
2: The Lord thy God will raise up unto thee a prophet
1: from the midst of thee. So who is that prophet that the Most High raised up? He raised up Christ. He obvious. came from out of the nation of Israel, out of the tribe of Judah. He raised up his son. But it's going to tell you more. Go ahead. Okay. He says, We'll raise up unto thee a prophet from the
2: midst of thee, of thy brethren, of the tribe of Judah, like unto me,
1: like unto Moses. How was Christ like unto Moses when he came on the earth? He
2: was an intercessor, the same way that Moses went between the Most High and the children of Israel. To take our petitions and things of that nature to beg for mercy. Christ did that. Is doing that now on on a an infinitely higher level.
1: But what else did what else did Christ do when he was on the earth, Josiah? He
0: was uh, here to save Israel, to uh, relieve Israel from the bondage of sin, whereas Moses relieved us from the bondage of Egypt.
1: Right. So the same way we were relieved from Egypt when Christ came, he freed us from what? sin. What did he do? He taught us the commandments. He taught us the word. Everything that the Most High told to Christ, he came and taught to Israel. The same way everything he taught to Moses, Moses went and taught it to Israel. There was no disobedience in him. There was all righteousness. So in that, knowing that that's what Christ did, then we know that everything that he taught us was true and good for us to do. Just as when Moses was on the earth, everything that he taught us was true and good for us to do then. But Christ had to bring us on a higher level. So now read 15 again. It says,
2: The Lord thy God will raise unto thee a prophet from the midst of thee of thy brethren like unto me. Unto him ye shall hearken.
1: And it said, Unto him ye shall listen. So, when we go into the scriptures and we start dealing with things that we're supposed to understand and do, we understand it now through Christ. So, then I ask a very simple question Where did Christ tell us to keep Halloween? He didn't. Why not?
2: Well, Halloween wasn't around during that time, brother, so of course he wouldn't tell us to keep Halloween. So, how do we know we're not supposed to do that?
0: Are you sure Halloween wasn't around
2: at that time? The Halloween that we know.
0: Oh, yeah, okay.
2: The Halloween as we know it wasn't around during that time because you'll hear that rebuttal or that answer to your question. You're right. But again, as we went over earlier in class, the, the origins of what we know today as Halloween has been around since ancient Babylon. It just changed names and the gods, the names of the gods and the, and the deities have changed through whatever ruling nation was in power at the time or whatever philosophy that that, uh, that you're looking at. So, yeah, it was around, just not in the form that we know it now and what it has so-called evolved
1: to. So, jump to verse 18, mm -hmm, and let's read uh, just a little more, uh, one more piece about what Christ is going to do when he comes. We're going to read 18 and 19. 18.
2: I will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren, like unto thee, and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak unto them all that I shall command him.
1: So proving that point that what when Christ came, he was teaching everything just as Moses taught the same thing to his people, verse 19. And it shall come to pass
2: that whosoever will not hearken unto my words which he shall speak in my name, I will require it of him.
1: So if we want to disobey Christ when Christ comes, Is going to be required of us, meaning there is a judgment to be paid for those that choose to go against the commandments of the Most High in Christ. There is a judgment to be paid for those who don't want to follow the words that Christ taught us when he was on the earth. So we really just went through a bunch of scriptures to show that it's nothing cool about dressing up as a goblin. It's nothing cool about dressing up as a witch. Or, or any of those necromancers or any of the other wicked things that we just read about because those were evil things and that was the origin of Halloween that's what it used to be it's not what you see now with just a bunch of costumes like fun things like Captain America and all those different things they were actually kids dressing up as full blown demons when we were younger that's all they used to be so now let's go to Exodus 22 and 18 because let's find out if we're supposed to have all this great love and and passion and we think it's fun. Because we, we read in 1 Thessalonians 5 to stay away from all appearances of evil. So it just showed you what some of those evil things are. And here's another evil thing. We're going to just reiterate the point. It's a short verse. Exodus 22 and 18 Read it
2: It says thou shalt not suffer a witch to live What It says thou shalt not suffer a witch to live
1: So witches in that time According to the scriptures Were so evil According And just like all the other things we read about That the judgment for a witch Was what Death. Death You couldn't be a witch and be a child of the most high And you can't be a Christian You can't follow Christ And be a witch you got to give one of those up. Either you're gonna serve the Lord and listen and hearken to the things that He said, like we read in Deuteronomy 18, or you're gonna be a witch and die when the judgment comes, lest she repent. And let's see how that works. Go to Numbers chapter 23, verse 19. Yeah, unless you was living during the time period of the Salem witch trial. <laughs> <laughs> Numbers chapter 23 and 19. Uh, uh, uh. That exact that's exactly what happened. Twenty two sixteen Sorry, wrong scripture wrong, okay. wrong, wrong scripture. wrong scripture. Deuteronomy thirteen and one. Okay.
2: Deuteronomy thirteen and one. If there arise among you a prophet or a dreamer of dreams, and give it thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, Let us go after other gods, with gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them.
1: So, this is talking about, just so we're clear, this is not talking about a prophet like we read about in Deuteronomy 18, uh-huh. the one that cometh of the Most High, the one that's speaking all the words that he told him. This is a false prophet. And through whatever means, whether he's dealing with witchcraft, necromancing, familiar spirits, divining, or whatever to get his prophecies, or straight dealing with the devil, which all of them is the devil, it says, if one arrives, he gives you a sign or wonder, and it comes to pass. So it's going back to the point, what was the point earlier? That there are people that can do these things. There are people that can do them. So they might come and say, hey... You know what? Here, take these six numbers, play them tonight. You go and hearken unto them, play those numbers, and you hit the lottery. And you're like, oh my gosh, that was a prophet, it's true. Then that prophet turns to you and say, hey, now let me show you about this God that I deal with called Buddha. Or let me show you this God that I deal with called Malek. No, let's stick with Buddha because Buddha is their God that does what? Gives you riches and prosperity in this world. And now they're telling you, come on with me, let's go follow that. That's the devil. Don't follow that. That's Satan. Don't deal with that. Read it again.
2: If there arise among you a prophet or a dream of dreams, and give it thee a sign or a wonder, and the sign or wonder come to pass, whereof he spake unto thee, saying, let us go after other gods which thou hast not known, and let us serve them.
1: And he's trying to entice you. And sway you to go serve other gods And whatever god it is Whether it's Buddha Whether it's Satan Whether it's Molech Whatever it is He's trying to sway you to do this What would happen in the times of the Bible In the ancient times
2: Verse 3 Thou shalt not hearken unto the words of that prophet Or that dreamer of dreams For the Lord your God proveth you to know whether you love Love the Lord your God With all your heart and with all your soul
1: So that's a trial for you Because just because this wicked demon is coming to you telling you some kind of prophecy or whatever and it happens, if he's taking you away from serving the Lord, then you know it's not of the Lord. The Lord isn't going to send someone to you with the truth to take you away from serving him. He's not going to do that. It's a trial to see whether you are studying your scriptures, one, and if you are really about the Lord or not, because it's a choice you're going to have to make. I'm going to serve this false prophet, or I'm going to serve the Lord and keep his commandments. You have something, bro? Go ahead.
2: Verse 4. You shall walk after the Lord your God and fear him Mm. and keep his commandments and obey his voice, and ye shall serve him and cleave unto him. Mm. And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God, which brought you out of the land of Egypt and redeemed you out of the house of bondage, to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God commanded thee to walk in. So shalt thou put
1: the evil away from the midst of thee. So goblins, witches, necromancers, uh, we did, well, goblins wasn't in the scriptures, that's just a demon, but necromancers, soothsayers, uh, monthly prognosticators, familiar spirits, enchanters, all of these different evil things. What happened to them in the past? Well, if they
2: were in the midst of us, the Lord said "For back then, and we have to keep stressing that, that whole aspect of the scope of this uh, class back then. In the Old Testament, in the old under Testament, the Old
1: Covenant, what would happen to them? They would be put to death if they were of the children of Israel. They would die. They would die. They wouldn't be revered. They wouldn't be respected. They wouldn't be held up. They wouldn't have billboards. They wouldn't have a sign. What do you see when you drive in Atlanta? And it's it's so pervasive. It's showing you how now we live in such a wicked time. You can find a witch anywhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You used the witches used to have to hide in our time. They don't hide no more. They got TV commercials.
2: Call me now.
1: They got billboards. You drive by. You can go on your way from here to my house. You will run past three or four witches. If you reader. know palm readers. Fortune tellers Yeah, You go to the underground There's one sitting right there with tarot cards Ready to read your life right in front of you And, and, the,
2: real, and the real good ones don't need So called legitimate tarot cards They can do it with a deck of playing cards
1: So what we're living in Is a day and a time When it's so evil So wicked That they're just there in your face And you, a lot of times we don't even Pay attention to it the TV shows that they push, what are they pushing them for? To get our children involved in that. That's so Raven. That's so Raven. Raven was a what? She was she was a, um she couldn't, what? Precognition. Precognition, read the future. That's going into the same thing. You had, um it's another show. What's the other show that they got? Not descendants. It's one where they the whole family is doing magic, and they are all witches. Witches, of Waverly. witches oh, witches of Waverly Place. Wizards of Waverly Place. And so, what are they teaching the kids? Oh, being a witch is something cool and normal because they can do cool stuff. They play little cool pranks on each other. They laugh and smile and joke. It's not cool. It's not good. What's that? Right, and so at the the Michelle Obama Library, they just had a trans, (laughs) not transvestite, uh, um, what is the word? A drag queen. Drag queen demon reading to to children. Reads to kids at Michelle Obama Library. What does it say? Read it again. Read it. Uh,
2: It says, drag queen demon reads to kids at Michelle Obama Library. And
1: they say this is normal.
2: Um... Okay, this is the Michelle. So it may not may not be something that she. But it's, anyway, a, it's still the Michelle Obama. The it says the Michelle Obama Public Library in Long Beach, California, has presented to children who are part of its Young Readers Program a huge rate of diversity and inclusion agendas. Uh, okay. This is somebody else.
1: No, that's the demon. Okay. The zochi the it, it was when zochi mochi. Arrived for a visit. What? A transgender and drag queen friendly and Satanist approved. I can't even read all that again. to
3: again.
2: A
1: transgender and drag queen friendly and Satanist approved.
2: In one shot. Satanist approved. Yeah, check this out. It says in one shot. In one shot, it was when Zochi Mochi arrived for a visit that made the program pro-LGBTQ and transgender and drag queen friendly and Satanist approved with the characters' red-tipped demon-like horns, all to read to children for
1: LGBTQ History Month. So this this is what people are promoting as normal now and inclusive practices and things that should be done, teaching children to reverence and love demons. And so people think it's a joke when we say Oh you know this whole world is evil This whole world is set up on evil And if you children And adults don't pay attention To what's going on You can very easily be caught up Or sucked into what's going on
2: Oh hold on Not to make the class about this Go ahead Then They
0: may just name you know, just one person Like four or five of the major abominations Things that God hated the test mm-hmm. Uh
1: huh
2: it says this is the uh, this is how they build it. It says join us for a celebration of LGBTQ History Month. All ages welcome. Celebration will include drag queen story hour featuring Zochi Mochi at 12 p.m. A community art hour. Okay, so that's just going. That's just them advertising that Dochi Mochi. I, mean, I guess that's how you say it because the way they spell it. But um.
0: That sounds bad enough.
1: Oh, it looks bad. So can you imagine that that's deemed okay? But if I wanted to come to a public library and read the Bible to the children, that's where the protest would be? Yeah. You can bring a drag queen, transgender, Satanist demon to the library to read to kids, and it ain't no protest. No,
2: here it is. It's his statement, and this is Ochi Mochi, I believe. It says, I got to read to children today, and it was one of the best experiences I've been given as a drag queen. It is so important to have representation and normalize all the letters in LGBTQIA+. Oh, then didn't add a three more and a plus in here. Um, in everyday lives, uh, I was I saw so many excited faces. It filled my heart with so much joy and hope to come back again soon. Uh, thanks to thanks again to everybody who made this opportunity a reality and make a uh, right and make such a successful. LGBT event because we're not trying to turn the class into a, an anti-LGBTQIA+ plus, uh, um, no in there. bashing. Oh no, they added three more letters, three more some more acronyms in there. But because we're talking about Halloween, but it's just showing you that the evils, how the scriptures say about the evils being multiplied in the earth, that's what we're dealing with today. And and even just going back to why Christ even came. Because that people are mixed up in all kind of stuff and coming from all walks of life. And when the spirit of repentance uh, and the gospel goes out, that's the measure by which we say, okay, this is right and that is wrong according to the word of God. And then it's like, okay, well, these are the instructions that Christ left us. That's the measure by which I'm going to use to gauge myself on whether I'm doing right or wrong. So it's not about bashing because, you know, the, uh, the churches, that's like low-hanging fruit, what we call. That's, some easy, that's an easy target. But we ain't going to talk about the whoremonger, and we ain't going to talk about the witch, and we ain't going to talk about the, uh, uh, the person that likes to be a striker, likes to fight and stuff like that. Or the false prophet. Oh, yeah, the false prophet. We going to talk about that. And stuff. the whole
1: point that we came here for remembering is that these things were not during the time of Christ, And in the Old Testament Those were not things that were to be revered They had no respect They had no love And what was it that the scripture said would happen back then Go and read Deuteronomy 13 and 5 again
2: I'm sorry I'm laughing at the comments I can't even read them Um, Deuteronomy 13 and 5 And that prophet or that dreamer of dreams Shall be put to death Because he has spoken to turn you away from the Lord your God Which brought you out of the land of Egypt And redeemed you out of the house of bondage to thrust thee out of the way which the Lord thy God Commanded thee to walk in So shall thou put the evil away From the midst of thee But this is crazy So we had this So by the time This is when Moses was alive So by the time you move a few hundred years up to the time of uh, Saul The first the first king over, over uh, a united Israel And when Saul disobeyed the commandment of the Lord And the Most High rejected him One of Saul's uh, uh, men said Yeah I know where a witch is at
3: he said, I thought you put all the witches out. No, I
2: know where one is at. So, it's going to show you that we were always rebellious against the Most High. Mm-hmm. And they went to this witch, and Saul called up the resting spirit of Samuel, Samuel the prophet. And Samuel said, listen, why you disturb me from my rest? He said, well, I wanted to see the Lord has turned his face against me. He said, yes, he has. And guess what? This time tomorrow, you're going to be dead and your son. Mm-hmm. That's it. Because it wasn't enough for him to break the commandment of the Lord, but now... He, and it shows you how, how sin just compounds. Mm-hmm. When we go into one thing, and then it leads to another, and it leads to another, rather than dealing the way that the most I told us to deal in the first place. That's why they say one lie, you tell one lie, you got to tell another lie to back it up, you got to tell another lie, and it's just like, just be upfront.
0: front. And, and the same, and I don't want to go into the class, but the thing to do, because the scriptures. Give your ways to reconcile yourself to other people and to God. So the thing to do is to repent, because King David was also king over Israel, mm-hmm. and he also committed atrocity Right, David repented. Right, when it was when, he, when it was brought to his his uh, attention to what
1: he was doing, he repented and he was um, you know, absolutely for So we're seeing that. Thank you. We're seeing that a lot. Of what this world is setting up, and a lot of what they worship during Halloween is really going into witchcraft and evil. And it's no way that we should be part of that. Go to Leviticus 19 and 31 now. Let's see what we get to in Leviticus 19 and 31.
2: Leviticus 19 and 31. It says, regard not them that have familiar spirits, neither seek after wizards to be defiled
1: by them. I am the Lord your God. So, we looked up the word regard. Remember we looked that up? Mm-hmm. And what was that word regard going into?
2: Basically, it was going into the whole thing of having, um... To a hold on. now I got, to, I, I got to find it again. It's right there. Because I forgot the words, the actual words that it used. Uh, respect, honor, revere, value, um but it was two words because one of them tied into um to have an affection for or um, where is it? The transitive here? Mm-hmm. Okay, it says to hold a personal thing in respect, admiration, or affection.
1: To esteem. To esteem. So what does it say here? Regard not them that have familiar spirits. You're not supposed to have respect, love, admiration, mm-hmm. affection, For which you're not supposed to have respect, love, admiration for a a demon, a necromancer, a wizard, or anything like that. They are not to be revered. But when you look at what these different people do, what is it? The presidents are having seances right in the White House, and it goes in the newspaper. Your leaders have respect for these different things. But if we're following after the most high in Christ, then we'll understand that those leaders are wicked and we're not going to follow after them because it said, regard not them that have familiar spirits. Neither seek after wizards to be defiled by that. So don't go looking for a wizard. You got people right now. And I mean, I had a funny, I, I hope he was joking. But somebody I was talking to this week said that person keep messing with me. I'm going to go down to New Orleans and you know that's where I'm from and I'm going to get my people on them. And I was like, hey, aren't you a reverend? Well, yeah, that's why, you know, I'm, I'm trying to work with it. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so, you know, I'm thinking it's a joke and I'm hoping it's a joke, wow. but there are people that if you mess with them, they're going right to a certain person, they're paying a certain amount of money and they're saying what? Handle that for me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that handle that for me Is going into what? Wickedness. Because whether you call it brujeria, santeria, voodoo, obia, roots, roots, any of those things, they're all wicked and evil. And they're all witchcraft, and the Most High said we're not to deal with it. Go from there. Now, Leviticus 19 and
0: 31.
1: Yep. So go from there to Numbers 23 and 19. Because I don't want people running around now like, well, if it's real, I should be afraid of it. <laughs> no, you shouldn't if you're dealing right. And what does the dealing right consist of? Numbers 23, and we're going to go probably right to the point I said 19, but go... Um, No, that wasn't the one I wanted. I wanted the one that's no enchantment against Israel. Um,
3: no divination.
1: No divination against Israel.
3: Ugh. Hold on. Twenty-three
1: and twenty-three. Numbers twenty-three and twenty-three. Yeah. I yeah, no, Oh, the last verse. Yep. Yeah. So let's start at nineteen. <laughs> uh. <laughs> number 23, 19
2: God is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent he hath said and shall he not do it all right he hath said and shall he not do it no hath he said, hath he said and shall he not do it no,
1: start again 23 and 19
2: oh man God is not a man that he should lie neither the son of man that he should repent hath he said and shall he not do it Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? Behold, I I have received commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time,
1: it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, what has God wrought? So when you look at this, Balak was hired to do what? Curse the people. Curse Israel. And the way that the High set it up is every time he set out to curse us, what would happen? A blessing. A blessing would come out. So now, as he's going to do this, he took up a parable. And he said, Listen, the Most High is not a man that he's going to lie, neither the Son of Man that he would have to repent of the things that he's, he's saying. Hath he said, and shall he not do it, or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? So, whatever the Most High says, He don't have to repent of it. He's going to make it happen. If he wants to make it happen, it's going to happen. If he wants to change his mind, he can change his mind too. And thankfully he can. Otherwise, we'd all be what? Dead. It says, behold, I have received commandment to bless. And he has blessed. And I cannot reverse it. He has not beheld. 21. Read 21 again. He has not
2: beheld iniquity in Jacob.
1: Stop. Because I wanted to break that slowly. That's the key Mm -hmm. Because witchcraft Voodoo, brujeria All that stuff can't work against us When we do what? Verse 21
2: He has not beheld iniquity in Jacob
1: So as long as we're keeping the commandments And not sinning You can't do anything against the children of Israel You can't harm You can't work magic You can't do voodoo You can't do anything against a child of the most high ...when they're keeping the commandments... ...go ahead... ...neither have he seen perverseness in Israel... ...and when we get that perversion... ...which could be... ...adultery... ...fornication... ...idolatry... ...any manner of sin... ...when that is out of us... ...then what happens... ...it says... ...neither is there
2: perverseness in Israel... Right? ...neither have he seen perverseness in Israel... The Lord his God is with them, and the shout of a king is among them.
1: So when we're doing and walking according to the commandments, there's nothing that you can do against the children of Israel. The Most High is walking amongst us and protecting us from all wickedness. Go ahead. God brought them out of Egypt.
2: He hath, as it were, the strength of an unicorn.
1: And all it's talking about a unicorn here is not talking about the unicorn, you know, the, the horse with a horn coming out of his head. That unicorn is talking about a one Horned animal, which we know as a what?
0: Rhinoceros. A
1: rhinoceros. So that's why it talks about the strength of a unicorn. The strength of the rhinoceros is the strength that the Most High used to bring us up out of Egypt. Not our own strength. Not our own power. Not our own might, but the might of the Most High. Through 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 the Most High, He brought us out of that land of Egypt. Twenty-three.
2: Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob,
1: uh-huh. neither is there any divination against Israel. According
2: to according to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, what has God wrought?
1: So there's no enchantment against Israel. There's no divination that you can use to destroy us. Look at the works that the Most High has wrought. Look at the power of the Most High. There's nothing that can touch us. So we have to be mindful of that. If we want protection from all these wicked demons, satanic influences that are on the earth, the only thing we have to do is, back to what we read in Deuteronomy 18, is hearken unto that prophet. And who is that prophet? Christ. And the words that he taught came directly from the Most High. So when are hearkening unto Christ, we're hearkening into the Most High, and that's where our salvation and our protection is coming from. Yeah.
3: Yeah, I mean, and those are just demons, but when you look at the king of demons, Satan the devil, as far as this protection that we get from the Most High, you look at the the, the situation of Job, remember the Most High said, have you considered Job? And Satan was like, listen, you know, you got a hedge round about him on him and his possessions. But, you know, uh, uh, take away these things and he'll curse you to your face. But it was just going to show you that Job had that protection around him and his possession that Satan couldn't just roll on him. And the I had to take that that hedge down in order for Satan to do whatever he did. And the I reestablished another hedge as far as his life he couldn't touch. And gave him access to everything else. But it just goes to show you that that's the type of protection that we have. Why don't these tragedies just happen? I mean tragedies are happening every day. Why don't these chats, why you go from year to year, month to month, day to day, nothing? Just, just nothing. Because the most I got that hedge of protection. Now, it can come down real quick if we go into that wickedness. So i just go to show you it's there.
1: So as we go and all, and we're about to wrap it up, but there's a few things that we want to I want to deal with, and I really want to go into the repentance aspect of this. But before we go into that totally, go to the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 26.
2: All right. Hebrews ten twenty-six. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth, there remaineth no more sacrifice for sins, but a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation, which shall devour the adversaries.
1: So if we go... And we sin willfully after learning about the scriptures, the commandments, repenting in Christ, and getting our life together. There was no more sacrifice for sins. And so this was alluding to the time when we actually, excuse me, this is showing us now that if we continue in the wickedness after we learn these scriptures and learn this Bible, that mercy is going to run out for us. Mm -hmm. Because there was a time when Christ died. And that time is over. He died once. And now he's given us an opportunity to repent and come back and keep the commandments. But if we go into the world and decide that we're gonna be wicked and evil and just continue to sin like Christ's death don't matter, there's no more mercy for that. Go ahead.
2: And this goes right to the point of what we were saying, this next verse about under the old covenant and making that distinction.
1: Uh-huh. It says
2: he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses.
1: Sorry, go back and read 27 again.
2: Okay, it says, But a certain fearful looking for of judgment and fiery indignation which shall devour the adversary.
1: So that's why we teach what we teach, because we don't want that to happen. Because when we sin like that, then the next thing that's coming is judgment. And so we go out to teach the word so that the judgment does not come on all our people because... They have an opportunity to repent just as we repented. And that's why we're here, to teach so that our people repent of the breaking of the commandments. Go ahead.
2: 28. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses.
1: So we read back in what? Um, Numbers 23, that when someone was doing something, a false prophet that was teaching wickedness and getting people to go after other gods, they died. And so this is what happened in the Old Testament. It said that he that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. So you went back then, got two or three witnesses. Was he teaching you to follow Buddha? Yeah, he was teaching us to follow Buddha. Grab him, man snatched out of his house, beat down with rocks or whatever judgment he got, he died. If it, if, if, if it was a witch, the witch was not suffered to live. We read that. Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live, which was dragged out, stoned to death. That's what happened in the time of Moses. But now what? 29. So it says,
2: Of how much sore punishment suppose ye shall he be thought, thought worthy who have trodden underfoot the Son of God and have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and have done despite
1: unto the Spirit of grace. Wait a minute. You mean the punishment is going to be worse under Christ? Yeah. I thought Christ was all about love and flowers and, and baskets and, and kindness. What did it just say again, 29?
2: Of how much sore punishment, ye shall he be thought worthy, who have trodden underfoot the Son of God, and have counted the blood of the covenant wherewith he was sanctified, an unholy thing, and have done despite unto the Spirit of grace.
1: So the Scriptures are asking a question if you think they died under Moses, Mm -hmm. how much worse is it going to be under Christ? Because you took that, you looked at that blood, you looked at the mercy that he gave you, and you said, oh, I can do what I want. See, that's what they teach it in the churches, Mm -hmm. that's a dangerous, evil doctrine. I can do what I want because Christ died for my sins. That's not what he was teaching. That's why I said, of how much a." Sora punishment. Meaning, how much worse is this going to be? Mm -hmm. If you look at this mercy that you got Mm -hmm. and stepped on it and kicked it and looked at it like, well, Mm -hmm. what is this worth to me? So we ought to fear, and that's why this is why Mm -hmm. we go out and teach what we teach. Verse 30 For we know him that has said,
2: Vengeance belongeth unto me, I will recompense, saith the Lord. And again, the Lord shall judge his people.
1: So when it talks about vengeance belongeth unto me, he's talking about avenging what? The ones that look at the blood of Christ like it's nothing. He said, I'm going to repay for that. You're going to get the judgment if you look at all the mercy, all the opportunities that I gave you to repent through Christ, and you count it as nothing, there's payback coming for you. And so we have to be very careful with this. It, it, it shows you. And so verse 31 really gets into the essence of what we're doing, which is, is what? Read 31. It is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the Most High. So rather than watch our people fall into it, we go out there and teach this word so that our people can receive mercy. And and something as simple as Halloween will bring us all the way to that point because we're not doing what the will of the Lord is. And how do we know we're not doing the will of the Lord? You have something?
2: No, so let's finish reading to the end of the chapter because it goes through all of the things that we addressed in the beginning as far as how the children are feeling left out and being made fun of because they don't get to participate in all of the things that everybody else is doing. Because the ones that are being made, being poked fun at, their parents are teaching them, like, listen, no, we're not dealing with that. Because it's wicked
1: And it's, it's a powerful demon And I'm, I know I know, somebody in this room already knows I'm going to tell this story But It goes to You know it was a time when My children were in a, um, in a daycare And it was Halloween time And we I guess we went to pick them up early So they wouldn't be in the Halloween party And one of my daughters started crying Now she knows better She knows the scriptures and she started crying because she wanted to go to the Halloween party. So we're like, no, we got to go. We're like, hey, you know that this is evil and wicked. We talked about it, and this is not of the Lord. You want to stay? Yes. Yeah. Because what? The gift that destroys the heart, the influence, the wickedness, all of that amalgamated together, put together, is, is, is hard for a child to fight that demon off. And so we're not here pointing the finger, pointing the finger because we were of those people too. What we're saying is you got to repent from that. we got to step away from the Halloween, the Day of the Dead, all of these things that are not in the scriptures. The scriptures got plenty of days for us to um, celebrate. We just finished celebrating the Feast of Tabernacles. That's the fall festival in the scriptures. That's what, and that's about us doing what? Ironically, following Christ through the wilderness. Exactly. And so that's what we're supposed to be doing now. So if you got Halloween happening around the same time as Feast of Tabernacles, you making a choice whether you're going to follow the Lord into the kingdom or follow Satan into damnation and death. These are the things that the scriptures are going into and showing us. So let's read on in the
2: chapter. All right, so 32. So he dealt with the whole thing about being worthy of a greater punishment than just the physical death under the old covenant by trodden and troddening underfoot and disregarding the uh, sacrifice of Christ. And that the most high was the one was going to be, be the one to execute that judgment in 32. It says, but call to remembrance the former days in which after you were illuminated, ye endured a great flight of afflictions, partly while ye were made a gazing stock mm. by both reproaches and afflictions mm-hmm. and partly while ye became companions of them that were so used. For ye had compassion of me and my bonds and took joyfully the spoiling of your goods, knowing in yourselves that ye have in heaven a better and enduring substance. So, oh, go ahead. No, go ahead. So the thing is, it's like, yeah, we understand that there's a eternal judgment that's coming. But now he says, but call to remembrance the former days. It's like, listen, we understand what we're doing it for. Because we remember that when the multi opened up our understanding, that we endured these afflictions. We endured the being made fun of. We endured suffering loss in some cases. We endured the losing of so-called people that we thought we were, that were our friends. We endured the reproach, being picked on, being called names, being stared at, being stared at. Okay, being called weird. Not being called weird because I was you was a uh, somebody might have been a man dressing up in a woman's dress with the horns and. And, and reading the kids,
1: but weird because you don't do that and don't accept it. Exactly. So because you wear dresses all the time, you weird. But the demon that's trans, a man dressed up as a woman with horns, that's not weird. I Where what did the article say? I like the opportunity that we get to normalize this. No. So if you're normalizing the demon, what's happening to the ones that's actually dealing right? Is unnormal. not normal, abnormal, abnormal. abnormal that's the word. Thank you. And Go you know, ahead. Unnormal is not a word. Um,
2: <laughs>
1: Verse thirty-six. Thirty-six. For ye have need of patience. Oh no. No.
2: Just... We skipped thirty-five. So... Sorry.
1: Cast not away therefore your confidence, which has great recompense of reward. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm. Yeah. So we can't allow ourselves to get discouraged because. People look at us in, with disdain and people look down upon us because we don't go along with the flow. Because we don't regard the Halloween and the Christmas and the Thanksgiving and all the other pagan holidays. We don't regard the, the normalization of wickedness. We don't regard murder like they regard murder, like how they hold that in high esteem. It's my body. And all of the things that are contrary to the scriptures that are being disregarded and, and being cast away. So he says, Cast out away therefore your confidence which have great recompense of reward because we understand that this world is going to burn. When it's all said and done, when the Most High calls it, it's going to burn. And that sky is going to open up and Christ is going to come back and render that judgment that we were reading uh, back in verses 30 through 31. So we need to understand what we're doing this for. And he says, For ye have need of patience that after ye have done the will of God that ye might receive the promise. For yet a little while, and he that shall come, will come and will not tarry. So it goes back, like the scripture we read, how he was going to come as a thief in the night. It's like, listen, we understand that we have to endure some afflictions and we have to have patience because, like we read in Deuteronomy, the Most High is not a man that he should lie, or the son of man that he should, um, what was it, repent?
0: Repent. Yeah.
2: Um, 38, it says, now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So the just meaning, those of us that are, are considered, call ourselves righteous, we're going to live by that faith in the Most High. By listen, we know that everything that the Most High has said in the past, that we can read about and recall, that has come to pass. It may not have come to pass in our so-called lifetime, some of these events. Or we may not have been alive to see it, but we can read through the scriptures and see where those things happen. And a, and a lot of those things are, are actually written in so-called secular history, too. But the thing is, it says the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. So Paul is saying, listen, if any of us go back into the world or like the dog returns to his vomit and we go back in those sins, there's no pleasure in that. Because now we've lost the faith and we've gone back into the wickedness that we were supposed to repent from in the first place. Paul?
3: Yeah, because he's talking about if a man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. He's quoting with the Most High fame. And it's the same thing that Christ reiterates in Luke chapter 6, Luke chapter 9, verse 62. And it's important because this hangs over every single last one of us in all the body of Christ. Christ says, and Jesus said unto him, no man having put his hand to the plow and looking back is fit for the kingdom of God. So what that means is, here you come, you repent, yet Christ, Christ, Christ. Put your put your works in, put your brick in, but then by and by when the afflictions come and in the, the, the trials and the tribulations, by and by you're offended. You know what? I lost, you know, my family, my friends, my job, whatever it is. This is too much. I didn't sign up for this. Now you turn turning back. You put your hand in the plow. You was putting in some of those works, trying to repent, going in that direction of the kingdom, but now it got too much for you. Or your lust overcame you. Or whatever it is. Now you're looking back, like we did when we came out of Egypt. That's what we did. We looked back. And the most had to make a commandment, you cannot go back to Egypt. Yep. How, how insane is that? But that's the spirit that was on us. The scripture says, looking back, it is not fit for the kingdom of God. Meaning, if we turn back like the dog returning to his vomit, if we go back into that world, if we go back into those abominations, the most have done with us.
1: It is what it is. And he, I mean, you know, you look at Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. That's when you look at yeah. that sister that turned well, around and looked. Yeah. That was a representation. That was a representation of that. Because here it is that land was being destroyed for the filth and the garbage yeah. and the evil that was in it. Mm-hmm. And she turned around mm-hmm. to see, and she was destroyed. It's the same thing for us. We can't look back. We can't go back into this world. We can't have a love and an affection for these things. These things are evil. Go ahead, bro. Verse 39. I'll read it. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul.
2: So this is exhortation where he says, we are not of them that draw back unto perdition, meaning we're not the ones... That turn from the righteousness and the understanding that the Most High has given us, but what? And, and then and receive the judgment in the end. He says, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Meaning that we endure those afflictions and those hardships knowing that the Most High is merciful because he gave us his word that if we endured until the end that we were going to receive the kingdom.
1: So we, we have choices to make. And the choices are simple. There's really only two choices. What are the two choices?
3: Christ or Satan.
1: Christ or Satan. That's it. Serve the Lord or serve the devil. But there's some people that go to church on Sundays or whenever they go, that think that, you know, maybe I can mix a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. And so after all that we read today, we're going to get to this point in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 20. We could probably start at 19.
2: All right. 1 Corinthians 10 and 19. What say I then? That the idol is anything? That's 10. Yeah. That the idol is anything? Or Or that which is offered in sacrifice to idols is anything?
1: So we know that idols are nothing. They're not real. They have no power. They can't eat. They can't drink. They can't do any harm to us. They can't do any benefit to us. We know that there's no power in an idol. But well, verse nineteen says what? What's say the I mean? 20. Oh,
2: twenty? 20. But I say that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to devils and not to God. And I would not that you should have fellowship with
1: devils. So the things that the Gentiles are sacrificing unto, they're sacrificing unto devils and not to the Most High. Halloween is from the Gentiles. That doesn't come of the Most High. It's been around for years and years and centuries. Is not of the most high The things that they're sacrificing Unto in those days are of the devil And I don't care how they Try to clean it up or lie to you And tell you that they're cleaning it up They're not cleaning it up It's of the devil It's a wicked, evil, deplorable, hateful Can I come up with some more Despised, abominable Day
2: Go ahead Uh, 21, you cannot drink of the cup of the Lord And the cup of devils You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table Mm. And the table of devils.
1: So we can't mix the two You can't take Satan Merge it with Christ And say well I'm still serving the Lord You gotta do one Or you gotta do the other We can't say we're doing Halloween And serving Christ We can't do Halloween and do the Feast of Tabernacles We can't do this World's holidays and do The High Holy Days The High Holy Days We got to choose whether we're going to serve the Lord or not. But some of
3: us try. And that's why the scripture has to be put in there about being lukewarm. Because we don't want to, some of us don't want to make that decision. We want both. And because we don't want to make that decision, you know who's going to make it for us? Christ.
1: That's right. And so understanding that in everything that we dealt with today, we're just going in. And we're, and we're saying, and we went through the repentance aspect, but there's one more thing that I want to go into, which is in Acts chapter 17. And I'll close here if no one else has anything else to add. Nope. In Acts chapter 17, it tells us something. Uh, we're going to start at verse 30. Is it right at 30? Yep. No, start at 29. All right,
2: Acts 17, 29. For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone, graven by art and man's device.
1: So when we read about throughout the scriptures today dealing with Halloween, we were talking about demons, idols, people getting you to follow after demons and idols and things of that nature. So what is it telling us here? It's that for as much then as we are the offspring of God, we, are, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone graven by art and man's device. So we're not to get into any idolatry. We're not to fall into that trap. Go ahead, verse 30.
2: In the times of his ignorance, God winked at.
1: So when we were ignorant of all the things, meaning we did not have knowledge of this being a sin. Because we used to do Halloween as kids. We didn't know that it was a sin. We used to do all the things we used to talk about. You know, whether it's, whatever it is that's not of the Lord, if you was participating and dressing up as a witch or dressing up as a goblin or whatever, you didn't know that it was evil. You were dealing with this thing in ignorance. You didn't understand the grave effects that this is going to have on your life if you did not repent. We were all there, so we're not pointing the finger. We're given admonishment that you don't go through and suffer without repenting and getting that opportunity like we had the opportunity to repent of that sin. So it's saying, and the times of this ignorance, go
2: ahead. God went that. He
1: had mercy
2: on us. But, but, n- but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent.
1: Because now he's commanding us, wherever we're at, to repent. So if we're dealing with Halloween, repent of that. Dealing with Christmas, Easter, repent of that, and part of that repentance is to stop doing it and then learn what's proper and right. Go into Leviticus, the 23rd chapter, and learn what the feast days of the Lord are. Go to the New Testament and see how all of those feast days that you read about in Leviticus 23 were a foreshadowing of Christ and how, like, the Feast of Tabernacles was back then we... We followed the, the booth throughout the wilderness of sin until we made it to the promised land. And now how are we going to follow Christ through this world of sin and make it to the kingdom of heaven? Read about how in the past they had a day of atonement where there was a sacrifice and a scapegoat and a ransom fee and how all of that was done back then. And read it in the New Testament and find out how Christ now is our atonement. Go back and read about the Passover lamb whose blood on our doorposts caused the death angel to fly over us on the night that he slew the Egyptians and find out now in the New Testament that Christ was that lamb and how his blood is covering us now from death and giving us an opportunity of repentance. That's all the things that we were ignorant of. And why are we ignorant of it? Because we're not learning it in these churches. In the majority of these churches, we are not learning what the true days are because they're teaching us to follow days like what? Halloween. They're teaching us to follow Christmas. They're teaching us to follow Easter. So when it talks about in the times of this ignorance, God winked at, he had mercy on us for a time like now where we can learn to keep the commandments, where we can learn what's righteous and good, and he's commanding us, no matter where we are, to repent of those deeds. Josiah, you have something?
0: Yeah, what, you, what you're What you saying just off to mind. I was watching the History Channel today, and they were talking about how at one time it took a guy like three years to, to, to uh, write out all the pages of the Bible. So you got another Bible, you know, you make copies of it. So it took three years, that much effort. So obviously... It was only uh, the well-to-do that would actually have mm-hmm. copies of the Bible, right, and the poor right. people didn't have it. Okay, so you, you kind of understand. Well, you got to depend on somebody to tell you what's in there, and they tell you lies. You know what's that? But now you got people sitting in congregations with the Bible in their hands, mm-hmm. and they still don't know because they don't read it themselves. Mm-hmm. Bibles only cost what? Twenty bucks, twenty-five bucks, or something. A right dollar. Right. You get right. a And they still don't know because they don't want to know. It the same way back then. They
2: really didn't care to know, and they still don't care to know now. Verse 31. Because he hath appointed a day in the which he will judge the world in righteousness by that man whom he hath ordained, where he hath given assurance unto all men, and that he hath raised him from the
1: dead. So there's going to be a day, and we're all going to be judged on that day. And what are we going to be judged by? What the brother brought out just now? The words that's in this Bible. So you can use whatever excuse you want, but in the end of it all, the two books that are going to be opened are what? The book of the the law and the book of our lives, and if we have to measure up to that, and if we don't, then we're going to be judged. So was there anything else? So just giving all praises, I hope that we understand how evil and, and wicked this day is and understand what it is to repent and keep the commandments and... For those of us that are here and understand, as we teach and help others, I hope that we have those scriptures so that we can actually show, listen, this is why Halloween is wicked, this is why I don't do it, and hopefully they'll have an opportunity to repent through your good example. Giving all praises.
0: from the foundations of the earth.